0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, this is Dr. Drew, and you are listening to This Life with Bob Voice and Dr. Drew. Here we are.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls gather around the galaxy phone, the iPhones, the iPads, Whatever all the it might technologies. Be. Eventually, they'll just be embedded in your forehead, <laughs> <laughs> and here's another episode of This Life with Dr. Drew and Bob Forrest.
0: Everything good with you? Yeah, great. You, you came in with a little bit of a head of steam. We'll, we'll get into it, no doubt, you and I.
1: Yeah, I just get frustrated Uh, with with the society at large.
0: I I am so much with you, my friend. (laughs) But let me get our guest involved with this first. It is Joe Lockett. He discusses politics and social issues every week on his radio show. You can hear him every Saturday on WYDE 101.1 FM, 4 to 7, Central Standard Time, I believe. Uh, Policies and social issues, and of course, the opiate problem he gets into. You can follow Joe at at Joe Lockett, L-O-C-K-E-T-T, show, at Joe Lockett Show. He's also at jlocketshow.com dot com, Facebook slash Joe Lockett Jr, Joe dot Lockett Jr. So, Joe, welcome. Here we are. Thank you. You. How about it doing? Good. Good. So he's down in Alabama, right? Yeah. And the South has had a major run with this stuff. Oh yeah. Uh, Georgia. I've been a little bit involved with Joe, uh, I, and I've been impressed. They've been rather proactive. They they sort of see their priority as education and prevention, but in reality. There, because uh, people that don't really understand this sort of think they can stop it, <laughs> as opposed to right. having to deal with it, because it's it's so pervasive now.
2: Right. Well, you know, down here in Alabama, you know, the the, the problem has run really rampant, Doctor Drew. Um, and the thing is, I think we're so late down here in the South; it's ag- mm-hmm. really. Ag- Did
0: you get a phone call? <laughs> you know
1: I think
2: you something could, happened here. <laughs> you know, what you could do? turn off the video part yeah. portion of your. Yeah, thing. the video
0: just just aggravates. It might
2: actually take too much energy
0: yeah, turn off your camera and we'll just talk
2: click on the little camera icon again
0: so okay. so alabama
1: is you were saying alabama is a little behind
2: i think because in alabama i think you know uh we was really late to acknowledge that we truly had a problem yeah. and you know when president donald trump and his administration started putting it to the forefront then people started to actually talking about the problems they were having behind closed doors and now it's a big problem because people don't know what to do. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well I think
1: I, I, the things I've read is Alabama and Louisiana and and the parts of that Gulf coast uh were a little late compared to West Virginia, Kentucky in terms
0: of getting to the in epidemic t- in
1: terms of the epidemic g- being created. So you got to understand the the way it was explained to me is the South has always been a pill consuming part of the American is society. True? Is that
0: true? Right. You know that for sure.
1: Yeah. yeah. When you go back, Elvis Presley. You ever okay. heard of him? All right. right. Doctor Nick.
0: All right. You know enough. what I
1: mean. So there's and dexedrine and and so so. It, let was, me just it was it was socially acceptable I, I, to I'm, take medicines i'm, I'm
0: going to let you go go cuz there's a i want to unravel a whole bunch of stuff you just opened up there but let me just point out the governor has published the state of alabama opioid action plan that was from last december outlines of four pronged so it's very similar to georgia's thing prevention intervention treatment and community response but but i i don't know joe you got to help me here man i have been that, praying, i am been thinking a lot about the south lately um I ended up reading the Grant Biography and reading all about reconstruction and what a fucking mess that was and that 's this weird period of American history that we those of us ignore, in the north and west ignore and it and it's still it 's got to still have repercussions in the south and whenever there's a population that 's traumatized, you see opiates. Has anybody right. having that kind of conversation? I mean the war was i think it 's still with us in some weird way at least if the war isn't the reconstruction is.
2: Well, the reconstruction is here, but the biggest thing, you know, you see in the black community, Dr. Drew, is this, is when we're talking about the opioids, people say, okay, opioids is a problem. But when there was a marijuana problem and a drug problem, we we didn't look at it as a crisis. Yep. You know, we started saying, you know, some people in jail, that, but no, now that it's opioids and it crosses across the lines. Now we're talking about, OK, yeah. now it's a crisis yeah, in America. So, so
0: let's, let's let's really spill what Joe's saying. Joe, Joe this is a white problem. Yeah, because because African-Americans have been ill served by the medical community for so many centuries that they just they take care of their own. And that's that. So they don't they don't take as many They don't go to the doctor for stuff the way really white people typically do. Right. Joe, am I right on that? Right, right. Yeah, certainly not for pain and things like that. And, and,
1: and it's evidence in the Purdue lawsuits that I read is that doctors, pain clinics were less likely to prescribe opiates to African-Americans.
0: But, but there's a – he's saying there's a bigger problem here, which is that why when it was crack and pot – that was well that's a it's a criminal problem that's that's bad people being right, bad you have to ask As a, your buddies i listen you and i never saw it that way <laughs> you and i never saw it that way right no and the
1: rockefeller act was created to you know that's the interesting thing marijuana is a different category but But when there was a when there was a drug tsunami of death in the African American inner city community, it was a criminal problem. And we need a new law to put these criminals in jail for life. Now that it's a white problem, all of a sudden (laughs) we need to treat them with compassion. Well and and what's even weirder (laughs) and and understanding.
0: What I think is even weirder about it, it was perpetrated by doctors. And so why are those doctors – there's even another layer to this, Joe. And those doctors are all ethnicities, let's face it. But the doctors right. were doing nothing different than the crack dealers in the inner cities. <laughs> That's nothing my point. Different. Yeah, they yeah. got a new drug dealer. <laughs> That's right. Yeah,
1: I, and and we go around and around about this. I don't know if you ever listen to our podcast, but I tend to think that, you know, Drew thinks it's the doctors were bad and the pharmaceutical industry was just – doing their job of
0: they were duplicitous of, yeah they, they were duplicitous but they were not the, the you, you gotta the read evil dreamland empire. you gotta read dreamland both you guys. i, I have dreamland. it I, right.
1: i've been skimming through it it's right. boring as hell i've been talking about this well, stuff don't for read 15 the, years don't re,
0: yeah because you, you recognize what we've been talking about <laughs> yeah. yeah so i I, I, know, call, I, mean, I called sam kononis i talked to him he'd come on the show we got to get sam on here susan producer Susan, Sam Crononius. He's got to get on here. But anyway, Joe, I'm sorry. I, I digress. One- so, But
1: Alabama does have a, a significant problem. I think ninth in the states. Right? Because of its close proximity to Florida, there was people going over to Florida to the pill mills and getting the pills and bringing them back to Alabama. As exactly. far back as 2001, 2002,
2: 2003. Yeah. Right. But I think when, we, when we're looking at the crisis that is actually happening, like we said, it's 2001. The only reason why it has come to the surface right now is because of what Donald Trump made in an issue. And said so he was going to attack. It was a campaign promise. He's out there doing it. And he's working at it. But if, if he was not doing this right now, we still would have this crisis. Nobody would just be talking about
0: it. I suppose that's true. It, it, although the Obama administration went after it pretty hard, too. They, they just didn't have the same kind of... You know, I went to the White House a couple weeks ago, and and it was all this secretary-level leader. So the entire cabinet has been enlisted in this campaign, while, while Mr. Obama, President Obama, I think, was really just looking at the medical, you know, the VA and the Surgeon General. And by the way, the Surgeon General, you know what he issued? You hear what he issued last week, right? A, a, a medical directive. They haven't done that since essentially that alcohol is bad for pregnancy and cigarettes cause cancer. And this is his, this is the first one since that. And it said everyone should be carrying this around. Yeah, I'm holding up some Narcan, Joe. Okay, uh, when you're and by
1: yourself, you should be carrying OD'd, this. I have one in my car. When see? you're by yourself and you OD, it's hard to b- bring yourself back to life. Kids, <laughs> kids are still going to die.
0: Yeah,
1: you know, you may reduce it a little bit. They thought 2017. I don't know what Alabama statistics were, but everyone oh. who's been on the on the ground floor of this thought we're going to see a. We're going to see a a downward slant in 2017. And in fact, it was a
0: 30% increase in In deaths, but not in prescribing. So yeah, but it's fentanyl.
1: The kids are using fentanyl that they buy on the streets now. I know. It's bad. Right. Terrible. So what are the solutions? I, I think, you know, it's got to be something that's free because when you start looking at how many treatments it takes somebody to get clean, you're talking about four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Even on a Medicare a Medicaid rate, is still like five grand. So you're talking about forty-five thousand dollars per addict times seventeen million.
0: You're about to sing my tune here.
1: Nobody's going to pay for that. We have to find right. community-based solutions, faith-based, uh, yeah, based uh, so, solutions. So,
0: so okay, so that's something that there's a rich heritage in the south
1: yes.
2: of faith-based solutions. What, what, what are what, the
1: churches doing down there about this opiate crisis?
2: To my knowledge, right now, real, realistically, I know in the black community, they're not really the black community is not really even addressing the opioid um, situation because I don't know if it's a it's not as a big yeah, problem. as the white problem. Community. It is it it is not it is factually not well, as big a deal. So they're not addressing and what we're addressing in the black community is, of course, violence. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the biggest thing here in the South that they, we're addressing the guns in the schools and, the, and of that nature. Now in the white community, you know, like I said, it's becoming an epidemic, and you're seeing it more. You see the uh, you know, you see the videos, you see the news stories where parents are having their kids in the car yeah. and they're ODing, yeah, yeah, and so we yeah. some of those things right now. But again, you know, as I said, Doctor Bob, is when you look at this situation, it's it's just a reversal, and we call them one is is a crime and one is a crisis. And so, how do we deal with these situations? We never dealt with the weed problem and the crack problem, so I don't know how we're gonna deal with the opioid problem.
0: Well, he, you know, what he's that's a really interesting statement, right? You know, what's embedded in there is. We're just not. We're looking at a bigger pie, which is addiction and trauma and and spiritual emptiness and a lot of messed up families and all the things that sets up addicts to be addicts, right? I think Joe's right. Sure. I think that, I think we. I, I wish you're you're right. I wish we were having a bigger conversation. The opiates got all the headlines, but there is a bigger conversation to be had. Well, don't
1: the, you? it it's just a symptom. I've always thought drugs yeah. are a symptom, right? Yeah. yeah. So what yeah. is causing this this symptom? When you look at, you know, I was talking to a guy who's part of, uh, uh, West Virginia drug kind of rehab world. And he said in, in Huntington, West Virginia, in one weekend, they had 23 overdoses and 11 homicides. Then, when you look at the story of Huntington, West Virginia, there is forty percent unemployment among people eighteen to thirty-four.
0: Well, that's another part of
1: this. Story. That's crazy. If you don't have a job and you and your parents are stressed out and divorced and all the chaos that that poverty and multi generational poverty creates, what? Why wouldn't you want to check out? And so that's another reason why I don't think Suboxone is going to be the solution to this because the underlying issues are still there. Poverty, uh, lack of jobs, lack of economic opportunity, but listen, lack of bad education you're, you're, you're systems. Leaving, hey, so the same stuff we've been talking about for 40 years are causing this.
0: But you're leaving one out and that Joe's bringing that to our attention. And that's racism. There's, a, there's Right? Well, it's
1: the first time racism has worked good to the advantage of African-Americans. If doctors (laughs) won't prescribe opiates to them, it's the first time ever it worked.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm thinking, but you know, you know, I'm across the board. I, you know, I love everybody, but like I said, when we're talking about this problem, we're talking about, you know, opioids and we're talking about, we're talking about cracking, you know, cocaine, all this other stuff. But when we truly looking at it, Human beings have an issue, right? Yeah. White people deal with it with opioids. Black people deal with it with crack. That's it's right. no different. That's right. Real talk I mean, at the end of the day, everybody's dealing with these things because they want to check out. We're inundated each and every day on social media, life problems, poverty, and all that other stuff. That ain't nothing new. Yeah. We're just finding new ways to deal with it. Yeah. And because like of the way… I that.
1: the- That's the truth. I like that line. It's, always, it's been the same problem since the, really since the mid to late
0: 60s. Uh, it sort of unraveled in the 60s. I I can never figure out why it unraveled so so suddenly. And we were just reverberating with with it still. But what 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 Joe do you have any ideas about where we start to turn to solve?
2: No number one is like what we're doing right now, actually having a real conversation. We're not putting it on just one thing or one community. Like yeah. you said, Dr. Drew, we have to look at this thing as a whole. Yeah. What is what is going on in the human race that is making people want to check out? Yeah. And then the other part of it is they are dealers. There's a doctor and there's a dealer on the corner. Yep. We got to deal with those guys. Yep. Once, so once you get the supply chain out of each community, then we can actually talk about solving the problems and taking care of the addicts. But as long as you have dealers, you're always going to have addicts because somebody's going to want to check out and somebody's going to sell.
0: And there's there's sort of an uncomfortable layer in there too. In all the states that are making pot legal, the state becomes the cannabis dealer. And right. if that if we're going to characterize that as a problem, then then that's dicey, Bob.
1: Well. I just think we need real solutions to problems that we've had for decades and decades and decades. And that is a society that – Charles Barkley said an interesting thing a couple of weeks – last weekend. He said, you know, people need to look in the mirror and say, I'm a loser or my life sucks because of me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's like something Reagan would have said. And now <laughs> Charles Barkley is saying it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we're all coming up with these this. Yeah, we're going to w- stop this victim mentality and this blaming mentality and then have real concrete ideas of how we can shift our society to better jobs, truly better jobs, truly opportunity, but also st- uh, hold people accountable, which I don't th- I don't think we do
2: right Is- i agree with you i think you know holding people accountable goes back to the home yeah when you look at how the way kids are being raised today right i talk about this all the time on my radio show that parents are not being parents they want to be the kid's friend Yep, right. and so you produce a kid that thinks they can get away with anything hence you have you know a kid going out to a public addressing a police officer saying something he shouldn't say right yep. making an action he shouldn't act shouldn't do and all of a sudden you know the police feel threatened and the kid gets shot he ends up dead yeah. We have to go back to the foundation. Like I was born in the seventies. I had a mama and daddy. Guess what they did? They whooped my behind and they told me when I was wrong. I, they was not my friend. Mm-hmm. If I, they knew what was in my room. They, when I got a car, they knew what was inside of my car. Yeah. Parents these days don't even check their kids' cell phones. They don't check their kids' book bags. A lot of parents let these kids get away. So we are producing a, a society of kids right now. What you see with the David Hawks and everybody, because they think that at the end of the day, that they can say anything and that truth is going to reign over the foundations of really what it takes to be a parent and an adult.
0: But you said you have mom and a dad, so it's a it's a family, you know, it's intact. And, and there's a guy named Jordan Peterson. who's a little bit of a lightning rod, and people may not like him, but I'm going to bring him up. And he's a he's a you know a academic clinical psychologist, and his position is that families without dads—if you don't have a some male figure around, whether it's a coach from school or dad or whatever that that abandonment is felt deeply and dad sort of represents society in the household and if you are, feel abandoned by dad or you don't respect dad or dad was not available in the right way to you you start feeling that way sort of society at large Bob. That, yeah. That, yeah and so i think i think a big big crisis at right now I, one of the one of the pieces of this is a is the dad crisis kind of have a dad crisis in this country and we we talk we think about it as healthy families or intact families but you really get right down to it it's like "Mm, it's kind of a dad crisis do you agree
1: well i see too many dads at school (laughs) you know what i mean dads aren't dads anymore they're just secondary moms (laughs) (laughs) you know what i'm saying
0: yeah another friend
1: it's a yeah it's another friend Rather than, I was always, I was always, I always idolized my dad and was scared of him. And I was, so I was scared to disappoint him. And I also modeled after him. He has a hard work ethic. He's very people oriented, people friendly, all the things that have benefited me. I modeled after from my dad. Right, yep. then all of a sudden I get, have a uh, have a family, and everybody tells me, "Oh no, no, no! You can't have your, you don't want your boy scared of you, do you?" <laughs> and I was like, "I was scared of my dad," <laughs> you know Hi. what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like that's a, it's like the ultimate sin it, to be it, well, an you, authoritarian figure in oh, your children's dude, lives.
0: You just pushed a button of mine. The last high school education ed- presentation I gave, they 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 uh gave me negative reviews and i was i was super gentle through the whole thing because i was too authoritative and you, and you were
1: holding back
0: oh, oh, i was holding back <laughs> the big time <laughs> and and, and, and I, I was like well i'm done with that no yeah. more of that so oh. and so or they said it's authoritarian i was authoritarian and so i was I'm like boy the... you got the wrong dude if that's authoritarian oh, oh, oh whoo Tell tell us, Joe, where can we hear
2: your show? WYD WYDE one FM on Saturdays, forty seven Central Standard Time. You can follow me out there on social media at Joe Lockes Show at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and all that good stuff. So,
1: yeah. Joe, you know it's exciting to have you on. Uh, you know, it's the it's sadly the fifty year anniversary of the death of Martin Luther King, right? Yeah,
2: last recently,
1: and and. You know, there was this great King special on HBO or something about how unpopular he was I know. from 1966 no, I know. to well, his death I remember in 68. And it was because he was talking about the same things we started talking about: real jobs, real opportunities, poverty, multi generational poverty. That's why I say when I watch this documentary and then I start thinking about now, we nothing has changed in fifty I, I, fucking years.
0: We got fifty years, one hundred fifty years. I've been, I've been, <laughs> I've, been, I've, been ta- I've been thinking about the Reconstruction. A lot and anybody and who War.
1: brings it up is unpopular. You know well, what I, I mean? Well, I
2: guess I'm very, very unpopular, Bob, because that's what I said <laughs> in my for the other day. Because I'm like. You know, he fought so hard for, you know, for us to be not segregated anymore. And now you got kids in college asking for safe spaces. Dude, do you know that we wanted to be together? Now you want to be in a space where people look like you and be like you? Really? Think about what the hell you're saying. Seriously? That's right. It's
0: very, very, I'm very distressed. I'm really distressed. Well, the
2: rights
1: of the individual have been started yes, to be misinterpreted go. as what is the greater good of the society? Yes. For the greater good of the society. The individual's rights matter, but to the To the to detriment, the, the abject detriment yeah, of the community. Of, and it gets and really crazy. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm one of the few liberals that was outspoken about the transgender bathroom thing. I was like, who gives a fuck about where some people go to the bathroom? We're at war. We have high unemployment, and African-American kids are being murdered on our streets. Sure. And the top priority that the president yeah. wants to talk about is transgender bathrooms. You I had a I problem
2: mean? with President Obama on that. I, I really did. I'm not uh, going to say a lie. I had a problem <laughs> with when he, when he, uh, him <laughs> when he came up with that. Because here's the thing, and a lot of people don't think about this. He passed laws upon the American people that he never have to follow. His daughter, his wife would never have to go into a bathroom with yeah. anybody because he has secret service.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't. I don't I, I'm. I, you're going down a road that I very much have a lot of feelings that about. But that's an individual's right. No, 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 no. Which is against the, the greater. Our good. people in the government? Do they, they think of themselves as somehow above us. They do, they do not subject themselves to the same laws, the same standards as the, as they require Obviously, of the rest
1: they of us. don't like to fly and coach. <laughs> right. They don't like to fly and coach. They, they
0: don't, they don't, they don't like to, uh, have, they like to have no disclosure agreements. They like to have sexual misconduct and then not hold, be held accountable. But if they are, they want us to pay for it. I mean, this is, this is crazy, crazy ass stuff. So I, I, I have some – there's just – things are just – they're just out of alignment right now.
1: So I, so, so d- 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 does it bother you that the American people don't know that Martin Luther King, that the history of him has been whitewashed, what his life was like from 65, 66 to, to his death, that he was very unpopular, that people pulled his funding. He was fighting for janitorial – The day he died, he was down there striking for janitorial uh, sanitation
0: workers. Herbert uh, Hoover, what's the name the FBI, was up his ass all the time trying to criminalize him. And all of a
1: sudden, they just put him right next to Abraham Lincoln on Mount Rushmore, and... And the reality of his frustration and what he was trying to accomplish is completely ignored.
0: But that is true of a lot of mythological figures. Lincoln was hated. But he was in our
1: lifetime. This is a man in our lifetime. And he was put into the
0: the mythology of... I'm telling you, overnight, Lincoln went from hated, that's why they shot him, they hated (laughs) him, to a hero overnight. And so that does tend to happen with humans. Once somebody gets sacrificed... Well, the big
1: thinkers tend to get shot, don't they? Well, not that Kennedy was a big
0: thinker. The, the, the big yeah, the the people, the big that, ideas yeah, people yeah, get killed. I guess I. I it's more than big ideas though. It, it's 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 social fabric ideas. They're pulling at the social fabric, and people the yeah. guy get weird about that.
2: Yeah, Joe. Yeah, I agree with you. And you know, to, to your question, Bob, you know, when I look at what Dr. Martin Luther King stood for, what disappoints me now is that. We as a black community, we're still in the same space. If we had to boycott today, I always ask people, you want me to boycott, what hell am I going to boycott to? <laughs> if you, the Walmart is owned by whites. Banks are owned by whites. So we haven't done anything on an economical level to, be, to take over ownership. And so in the black community, that was what Martin Luther King was working on. He was working on the economics. And we continue Joe, to want to talk about it. Go I'm gonna
0: push back on you. I, I think he would be delighted with the progress that African Americans make in business and professions. I, I think he would I think he, he would see it a little bit. I bet you he would I understand what you're saying. I don't disagree with what you're saying, mm-hmm. but I'm saying I think you forget how
2: far we've come from what he was fighting for. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm
2: just saying in the black community as a whole, for me, when I'm looking at it in my kid, this is my thing, Dr. Drew. I don't want my kids and your kids. To have the same conversation we're having today, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. We have to do something a little bit different for the next generation, yeah. and we're acting an ass right now because we're separating ourselves between politics and race, yeah. and we're not making any great any game.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, I, I we should uh, we should reframe the conversation. You got any
2: ideas? Uh, doing things what we're actually doing right now, um, and make sure that you know people can see that you and I only have a different. Uh, the only difference between you and I is our pigmentation right? I bleed red, white, and blue. You guys do too. If if I cut you, you bleed. So we want what's best for our kids. I had to understand one thing. In the black community, we do things different. In the white community, you do things differently. That don't make us different. It's just we grew up in a different area because we protest. You guys won't protest. Some things that makes me upset would not make a white person upset. And we have to be okay with that. Yeah. But we got to move forward past politics and racism to make this a better place for all of us.
1: Hey, did that, speaking of that, did you see Bill Maher speaking up for Laura Ingram
2: last night? Friday I, did. Night? I watched Why? that before I saw it. I just saw D- that, Yeah, Did you see it? What was he saying? He
1: was yeah. saying, Who is this kid? Like he just wants to bully somebody. And he's saying, I'm finding myself defending Laura Ingram, yeah. who is a horrible person, by <laughs> the way. But, yeah,
0: he but, yeah.
1: but he's saying, You can't have a society like this. We do, just right bully now. everybody yeah. off of. Of the pulpit because you don't like what they have to say
0: no it's it's a it's a mob and the mob is busy right now I, I've really realized uh, that the mob is looking for a victim. And so it's picking off pieces here and there. I know. am picking this one, picking that one. I just wouldn't want but, to be
1: Bill Maher's Twitter feed but, today. But, but here, here's <laughs> the those, deal. Those, but it, kids are right. gonna, those kids are going to crucify but, but him. <laughs> the, but the,
0: I'm going to tell you, Martin Luther King was the victim of the mob in his day. And that's why, boom, that, that's what mobs do. They kill off and then they mythologize. That's what they do. So I think we're, we're moving towards some sort of sacrifice, some sort of scapegoat. We have to be. That's what it feels like. I've seen this movie before. And they're they're picking off, the guillotines are out, and they're chopping off heads here and there, but we haven't found the big scapegoat. What
1: interested me is if they don't like conservative media, why don't they just do a whole boycott of all of Fox News, right? Why pick on this woman who said something that was really innocuous, it really really wasn't, you know, it was crappy to say to a teenager, but it doesn't deserve the death penalty, you know what I mean?
2: Right i am I'ma tell you why easy target because y'all remember now a couple of weeks prior, she had what did she had? She had made an outrageous comment. That's She her told job. LeBron James to do what? Shut up and dribble. Oh
1: yeah, oh, right. Oh yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So she got away with that. So she got away with that. That was, by the way, so way, she, it, was it, way <laughs> <laughs> it was way worse. That was way
1: worse. What she said about LeBron was way worse.
2: Exactly. But she got away with it. So that's why she figured that when she was doing this with uh, David Hogg that it wasn't an issue because she really didn't say anything bad. She didn't go after him. She just said, stop whining pretty much. Yeah. What she said to LeBron James was really derogatory. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: That's right. And so it, it just, it's interesting. And, and I think that people in the middle, I'm, t- I'm trying to create this radical center. The, so that being a centrist, being a moderate is the most radical thing you can do in America. <laughs> right. I just had oh. a thing with <laughs> Governor Kasich weekend, like a last Tuesday. Yeah. and, you know, he's a hero to me now. I mean, you couldn't be mo- two more different people, but he just represents so much, so many more of the centrist ideas I grew up with. And I think are, are a pathway to solving problems rather than the liberals over here, the conservatives over there. Let's argue, put them on television, watch it and choose sides. It is like a pit bull fight. Yeah. It's like an Amer- it's America has become dog fighting. You know what I mean?
2: we America like to see a train wreck. I mean, yeah. that's what if you look at Jerry yeah. Spring, you look at the Murray show. Those things are famous. You can't name the last guest to be on either one of those shows, no, but why no, do we watch? No. It's a train wreck. He's right. So it's well so the, America the like ones I that. like
1: is who who is the person's father?
2: You Maury. know, am right. Povich. <laughs> right, that's what I said. Murray Ma- P- Povich, right? But yeah. again, tell me the guest that was on the show last week. Yeah. Or oh, anytime. Yeah. There'll be one guest.
0: Yeah. That's right.
2: It, and it, so now, it, you know what's interesting it, about that. Joe's, you're
1: saying major media is becoming that.
0: It is that's been there that yes. for a long time. Wow. Yeah. but but let me right let, me, let, me, let me go even wait, further. But like, well, Joe's making a really interesting point. It's like like mentioned the last the last guest that was outrageous on Jerry Springer or, or on Mario Povich, and now do this. Tell me the last outrage that Donald Trump committed before this latest one.
1: Oh, I know It's, it's the, the, the same exact same, thing. It goes it's over the same exact thing.
0: It's exactly same, same phenomena, which is we're just we're just into this sort of hysteria all
1: the time. How did it happen?
0: That's I can't how
1: know. did it happen that we're talking about a porn star constantly, and we you know are I, not, we are I not. A,
0: you you brought it up, but CNN is,
1: but well, so is MSNBC, <laughs> so is so is Fox. I watch Fox. Fox is talking about it. By too, the way, I because know, it's I become the news. I know Stormy. Well, here is the thing. I have a real problem with the word word star. Like, doing porn, just because yeah. you do porn doesn't make you a porn star.
0: She, she was actually but, they, <laughs> any,
1: but anybody who does porn now is a porn star.
2: Right, by it's definition. It's a weird
1: thing. Yeah. You, know. you guys
2: struggle becoming rappers these days and, you know, and making a whole bunch of money. So, it, again, America loves to see the train wreck. Oh, by the way, like,
0: Car- Cardi-, Cardi B is my new favorite human. Oh,
2: really? Exactly.
0: She's my new fan. Exactly. I'm not kidding. She's like, "What are you doing with my taxes?" I was like, "Cardi, go!" She goes, oh, "What are you fine. doing with my taxes?" Because <laughs> <laughs> she's making a lot of money, and she's like, "Where's this going?" <laughs> and I, I'm like, I, "I want to elect her to a, office." I'm yeah, going right. Yeah.
1: So where you know, Alabama? Uh, what is what do Alabamans think of Doug Jones? What do they think of it?
2: You know, he he won overwhelmingly with the uh, black community. Yeah. Uh, right. Now, a lot of the blacks are still waiting to see what Doug Jones is actually going to do in the Senate. So, you know, right now he's kind of riding the highway because he actually went in um, and talked to talk. But now we, uh, a lot of the black community, especially the, the Democrats, are seeing right now, is he going to walk the walk? Um, I think he's going to go there and play the game, myself personally. Um, I wasn't a big fan of Doug Jones because I think he was just selling the sauce mm. um, to do what had to be done. He saw it an open and he took it. Yeah. But we'll see. Yeah. Interesting.
1: And so that's the thing that Barkley brought up in that CNN interview, which is black community has been told, vote Democrat, vote Democrat for 50 years now. And you're saying and he's saying nothing's changed in the black community in 50 years. If anything, it's gotten worse. So why do the Democrats continue to believe they have the African-American vote election after election? Do do you feel some of the stuff like that? Is that what you guys are talking about?
2: Well, me being a Republican, you know, um, when I look at the Democrats, the reason why I left because I feel, you know, you're no longer serving me. You are yeah. selling me. Right. And so you took me for granted. Well, they're using, now, on the they're other also part, using, using the black community
0: to maintain their power. Exactly.
2: Mm-hmm. And so a lot of, even even the black politicians, some of them just when they get to office, they don't do anything anymore because it's automatic. We're going to show up and we're going to vote for you because you look like me. Well, hell, I'm not going to do that, sir. But is I'm there, gonna a, vote for the- but is there
1: anybody in... Do people really in West Virginia believe that coal jobs are coming back? There's, It's not a coal world yes. anymore. Yes,
2: My wife was just up there for the last four years, and people actually believed uh, Donald Trump said he's going to bring the coal jobs back. And I'm like, dude, have you lost your mind?
1: <laughs> well, isn't that sad, though? Isn't that, So, you know what I mean? So, both sides Bob, lie. It's the, train
2: wreck. it's the train wreck. People love the, the thing of hope. And so, anybody, if, you, you remember the Hunger Games? What did it, that guy tell his predecessor? Give them hope.
1: Yeah. So here, well, we had, we had eight years of hope and not much changed. <laughs> but, but let me tell you, <laughs> let me ask you this. This is something that worries me. When the jobs don't come back and uh-huh. things are, you know, then hope is diminished. The hope that was brought on by the Trump, you know, phenomena when nothing mm-hmm. really changes, like nothing has really changed in the African-American community for 40 years, mm-hmm. right? When nothing mm-hmm. really changes, what happens to Trumpers? Do they get more angry or do they just no. go home? Well, and- or do they just go home? That's the really big question. No, come up.
2: No, what happens is you can just look at President Obama for the last eight years. The people who love President Obama, good, bad, ugly, indifferent, guess what? They love him today. Yeah, And that's the exact same thing's going to happen with Donald Trump. That's good, true. bad, indifferent. They can be flat broke, but that's my dude. I love him. He I, did the best I, he could. Yeah. The community, the White House, right. the Senate, the wouldn't work with
0: him. Yeah, I think Joe's absolutely right. And But here's the more interesting question. What if things do start to work out a bit? And what are those people that hate him going to do with all that anger? Who are they going to scapegoat then?
2: They're going to find somebody else that
0: they can love because they're not going to like Donald Trump. Well, they're, they're going to want somebody to scapegoat. They're yeah. Gonna, they're going to want scapegoat. Hey, we got to take a little break. Joe, hang on one minute. We'll be right back. I want to mention our friends at Bergamet Sport, a supplement that provides all the cardiovascular benefits of the original Bergamet, but with additional additives designed to aid athletes and those with active lifestyles, Bergamet Sport is recommended and used by professional and college athletes throughout the world, helps them improve stamina, reduce recovery time, and muscle inflammation. Bergamot Sport is informed sport certified so athletes can feel confident that it's all natural and it has been banned substance tested. But even if you're not a pro athlete or just getting a workout once a week or so, Bergamot Sport is still worth a try. It can help you work out harder, recover easier, without worrying about being sore or tired the next day. I've used the products myself. I've recommended them to patients. We use them in our family. And I've done so just as physicians and cardiologists around the world have done. And bergamot plus is excellent for what's called non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, which has just passed all other forms of liver disease in terms of causing cirrhosis. So it's something that is so it's something that is a major health issue presently and needs to be paid attention to. For a limited time, our listeners can save 10% on their order by entering code DRDREW at checkout. That is D R D R E W, all one word. Try Bergamet Sport for yourself. Visit bergamet.com. That is B-E-R-G-A-M-E-T dot com. Or just click the Bergamet banner at DrDrew.com. All right, we're back and we're talking to Joe Lockett at the Joe Lockett Show. Uh Joe has his Facebook also. It's uh Facebook.com slash Joe dot No, send him to my Joe
2: Lockett Show fan page.
0: All right. It's there just you Joe, go. Lockett. Joe Lockett there you Joe go. Show fan page. And and <laughs> what's what's we what's ahead for you, Joe? What what do you sort of see? What do you, what do you want to do? About well, I mean, do you want to expand your shows so to get your show. Do you want to? Oh, talk about you, yes. is, are you my, my, motivated? My daughter, my. I'm wondering if you're motivated to make a difference. Is this sort of what preoccupies you? You want to. You want to help solve these problems.
2: Yes. What my radio show, what I do is, you know, in Birmingham, Alabama, I'm the only Black conservative talk radio show host here. Um, so my goal is to make sure that we can have the the honest conversation. I call it TC Tough conversation, um, and move this country forward. I want to put my show on a national level. I want to be syndicated. Um, I also have a TV show that comes on Monday night, too. Um, so we're working on getting st- things streamed and all that stuff. We went from 6 o'clock in the morning on Saturdays to 4 o'clock in the afternoon and became the number one talk show here on Saturdays.
0: Great. And, and who, who comes in? Who, what, kind, what kind of dialogue are you having? What, what, what's, you know, what, what's it like?
2: Well, yesterday, actually, we had uh, uh, Pastor Mark Burns. He was on the show. We've had Michael Lohan on the show. Uh, we usually talk about all the different um, the social issues that happens and a lot of the polit- political issues that happens, because on my show, I'm a Republican, but my co-host, guess what? They're Democrats. <laughs> so we call it a little debate. And so we get to debate the issues. Um, but at the same time, people know that we're very passionate about where we stand. But at the same time, people can see us have the conversation without killing one another and denigrating one another uh, when we uh, when we on air. Yeah, I th- yeah, th-
1: have felt that that's really important. I grew up around that, where you mm-hmm. had difference of opinions, but it, it never was personal. And then, you know, I think all of us remember Tip O'Neill and Reagan having a few mm-hmm. cocktails every night, joking around about the war they had all day long.
0: They respected one another. There's
1: no respect.
0: Well, there's also this weird projection, which is if if some part of me that I don't like is sort of toiling around, I'm gonna project it onto you. You're a sexist. You're aggressive. And then they do it in an aggressive way and then accuse you of being what they are. It's it's a projector it's kind of a projection slash projector. Well, but I mean
1: I remember Reagan calling Tip O'Neill naive. Yeah, that's I mean, a that's, that's
0: a description. That's not <laughs> that's not he's a he's a, he's a bad person. Fill in the blank quality. That's just a, that's right. kind
1: of suggesting he's a stupid person. A lack, of, a lack I, of insight. Describing
0: his thinking is naive. <laughs> not that he's not that he's naive because he's a racist or because he's a misogynist. Or oh, I know he's that. A, yeah, yeah.
1: So, but right. here's a funny thing. So I I don't know if you follow the Dalai Lama, but he gave a speech here about twenty years ago in L.A. and people, you know, it was right at the height of the Tibetan Chinese kind of uh, controversy, and they kept asking him different questions that were framing about politics, right? And he would avoid them, and he would dodge them. And then finally, some woman said, uh, uh, Master, what what is wrong with the world? And he just, with a twinkle in his eye like the Dalai Lama has says, said, lack of insight. Okay. Which is a nice way of saying dumb. <laughs>
0: No, 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 no! You know, I disagree. Lack of, lack of insight. No, you know, lack of insight is a psychological process that people. You don't
1: think it's an it's ignorance.
0: That's part of it, but but lack of education, ignorance, but lack of insight. Like psychotic people don't have insight that they're psychotic. Well, when that's lose, what's
1: going on now. I'm trying to say he said that 20 years ago.
0: Yeah.
1: What is going on now is a lack of insight and understanding, like that. I could be disappointed in Obama, mm-hmm. right? I was disappointed. Not for any of the reasons probably you guys or people didn't like him. I I wanted to believe in hope. I was a little suspicious of hope. I was also a little... Shocked that it could possibly happen that an African American could be president in what I believe is a I, very racist I, society. I
0: had an opposite, weird reaction. Mine was: I was shocked that people were shocked. I was like, "Of course, I, that's the world I want to live in." Why, no, why but the,
1: but that's not the world we live in. Well, so it, it, so, it was but, though. But watch. But his main thing was for me is let's get out of these Middle Eastern wars, right? Yeah, yeah. and then he didn't. Maybe. Then he doubled down like a hawk.
0: Well, it was, right, it was hard, man. I, I, don't, I don't blame I don't blame presidents for having difficulty delivering on their promises. When he, they get in there, who knows what it looks like once you. What get did in you there.
1: think of exactly. Obama's anti-war leading up to and getting elected, and then all of a sudden turning into a hawk? What did you think about that?
2: I think President Obama, like um, Doctor Jew just alluded to, that no matter what uh, he was saying on the stump speech like, as President Donald Trump, that when he gets into office, right, it's a whole different ballgame. Yeah. And now you have to kind of placate to what's on the table, and also what you actually said to. On your stump speech. So it's tough for anybody um, in that position. President um, Obama, my thing was, I just don't think as a leader he was forthcoming. When he said something, he never came back out and said, okay, hey, this is not going to quite work like we thought it was, but this is what I'm going to do. I have a problem with anybody. That tells me one thing, but at the end of the day, you don't come back and tell me it's going to be tough. I don't care if it's tough; I'll, I'll ride with you all day long. But please tell me that it's going to be a rough ride, and you're going to have to kind of back up on what you said. Okay. Presidents okay. have a, a tough time saying that. Okay, yeah, so agree. so
1: in this last point of this, so Trump is talking about pulling out of Syria
0: immediately, Snow. right, Bob? If he don't does, don't listen to him when he talks. <laughs> what? I, I'm not kidding. It, it's, all, it's all negotiated. You don't know what he really wants. You really don't. I, I, if you haven't learned that yet, you, you need to learn it. He, he's he he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna quintuple down on the Chinese. He's gonna go do a 500 billion dollar tariff before we're done here. Not because he wants a 500 billion dollar tariff, because he wants to affect a hundred billion dollar trade imbalance. And so he just does these crazy things, things that, until, until they look crazy, he does not stop. I, I've noticed that about him. And once he gets to crazy zone, then he goes, now let's negotiate. And so same thing with out of Syria. That was a, that was some sort of telegraphic something. I don't know what that was, but I'm sure it was what he means to do. So, so, so relax. So, but the does.
1: point is in these, in these over dramatic, whatever he's, he's a Svengali and he's got a big master plan. Uh,
0: i don't think if, that either <laughs> just well listen to well if, some you, of the if you
1: watch <laughs> news feeds a bunch of children were gassed
0: yeah terrible
1: right you can't yeah. play games on a world stage you can't play games with the world economy and he is and it's it's yeah, more but, but frightening they, than anything obama ever did but, but here let me
0: look at the syria thing now so now he's gone look i wanted to get out i got to triple down Now i'm going in and taking care of business <laughs> it wasn't my fault. These guys gassed a bunch of kids. I'm going in now. And then you go, yeah, he wanted to get out. He said it yesterday. <laughs> that's how it, Bob – It's I'm like a you,
1: reality TV show. Oh, I can't God. take what,
0: it. Th- th- what
2: do you got in uh, there?
1: It's like watching Maury Povich. <laughs> Who's the father?
2: Right, right. But the thing with Donald Trump is, is um, Dr. Drew is, is, is saying that with Donald Trump, we got to understand he's a businessman that goes from his gut. Any entrepreneur yeah, will understand that's right. how he actually works. That's exactly um, right. We and wake up in the morning, right? And we have a gut feeling about something. And what he does is he threw a lot of stuff up against the wall and see what's going to work. And then he'll take credit for the stuff that works and for the stuff you don't, that doesn't work, you don't take credit for it. He, just said he it. never changed from being a businessman. That's right. That's exactly
0: you, – you are exactly right. You got, you've got. you got to analyze what he's doing from that perspective or you'll go crazy.
1: He's not a businessman like like Warren Buffett's a businessman. No, You guys talk about him. No, like no. He, he brands his name on hotels that he doesn't own. Yeah. That's not a businessman. Go, business go watch – Go he's watch a salesman.
0: The, he's a salesman. Well, some developers do a lot of that. That's what their thing is. Developers right. is a lot of smoke and mirrors, stuff.
1: Yeah, he doesn't have any employees. He's never sat at a union table. He's not really a businessman like you guys try to make no, him out No, to no,
2: no. You're, you're jumping by the yeah. huh? he he. But I have to push back on you a little bit, Bob. You're saying he's not a businessman, but he's a multi-millionaire or a billionaire. He's an entrepreneur. Whatever he's doing, whatever he's doing has he made. Started good out, business. He started out. He
1: started out with a loan from his father. That he, if Bob, he would have put it into savings, he'd have more money than he has than he claims to have now.
2: Bob, go do,
0: go watch. it. So, Bob, so
1: I, you'll just never convince me. Go, he's so business. Go
0: watch the Netflix documentary. There's a five part doc out there. It'll, you, you may you may come hard, <laughs> You may come with a harder idea, but but go watch it because you'll of see what? Of about his, what? his life they have a five-part series there i about.
1: don't i i've known donald trump i've met him i've seen him for 40 years the guy is a con artist salesman and now he's president of the united states that's the end Bob, of the story give,
2: give, give the average person the same money that um president father uh, president Donald Trump father gave him and see what they do with it i'm telling you we may not like it we don't like the way it turned out but at the end of the day his good feeling. No, I like I that? like
1: businessmen who employ hundreds of thousands of Americans with good paying he, jobs. He does not do right. that. He produces his his stuff that he sells in China, mm-hmm. right? It it's, right. it's just you guys, I understand that you like him and all that, well, but we didn't say that. Don't no go, one said that. Don't, hey, make no, don't accuse
0: us of that. We didn't say that. We're just trying to understand him. <laughs> but don't
1: don't say he's a businessman in the sense of like like Rex Tillerson is a businessman. It's Rex Tillerson is a businessman. It's Donald different. Trump is a salesman. There's a difference.
0: Well, okay. He he was able to employ thousands of construction workers. And interestingly, he put women in the positions they never are in. Yeah, because their... they
1: work for less money, Drew.
0: Wrong. That's
1: why. That's why. Are you kidding me?
0: Okay. <laughs> so the way do you see the women they are in those positions, they are no BS. But
1: they also work for one third, of, uh, one third less than, the, than men that he would have put in that position.
0: That's not true. And... You're, you're talking out of your ass. You don't know that. And so let's let's look at the facts. And this woman did not complain about the wage. She she complained that she felt very pleased with what that job was and what she got paid and what she got done. She didn't like him, but she felt very honored to be in the position of building an entire skyscraper. She was the building director.
2: I she understand. That. She got.
0: It was just she got the same as the other guys, and but she was a woman. Same money. She, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't. Who's going to stand for that? If you're at that level, you're going to. So anyway, so this, we're neither here, and we're not getting anywhere with all this. This is this is not, This is why he gets us all. So I guess this <laughs> is where the splintering comes from, man. It's just he's right. he's, uh, maybe he's the scapegoat that has to be maintained. I, I don't know. So, somewhere we have to have a scapegoat in order to focus all this aggression because everyone just gets upset by the way things are going.
1: I mean, we're upset because our country is falling apart, and this guy's come along, and, and, and one-third of the public believes he's going to fix it. Him alone is going to fix it, and that's insanity.
2: All right, so, so we're well, back. Go ahead, Joe. I'm going to say this real quick. I hope that President Donald Trump, we wish him the best, right? I'm, yeah. he's, not my, he's not my guy, but that's I wish right. him the best. That's right. I hope that he says he wants to make America great again. I hope he takes this opioid crisis right and put the crack and the marijuana into that to make america great again because you can't make america great again with just opioids you got to take on the whole issue of the human race or what's going on in our communities
0: yeah i agree the addiction the spiritual emptiness the the father issue the family issue i agree joe joe really fun talk to you man congratulations on all your thank success and i hope the thing gets uh the rest of the country gets to see you soon uh feels, feels like something like that's going to happen so uh we will look for you at WYDE, uh, uh, 4 to 7 on Saturdays. Bob, any last-minute uh, stuff? Or no, I'm,
1: I just think that we're all, we we the people can solve it, not one guy or, or one movement.
0: Yes, it, and we the people must humbly, I think, re- remember that, that, that we're the first nation on Earth that so many ethnicities and, and, and religions and uh, points of view have come into one system uh, that is based strictly on an idea, which is... All men are created equal, and to form a more perfect union, we can find a, form a federation, and we can all get into the basic principles of liberty and freedom, which we seem to have lost. And if we can all just get behind those again, maybe then we'd be good. Right, Bob? Well, I'm I'm waiting.
1: All right. <laughs> all right, Joe. Optimistically, cautiously all right, you, waiting. Guys. All right, I'll talk to you See soon.
0: See you guys later. All right, Joe. Bye. We're taking a break. Be right back. I think you're all aware that we just had a terrible flu season. It may not be quite over yet. There may be another spike coming. Hopefully you used hydration, Hydrolyte to stay ahead with your hydration. It is the best oral hydration product out there. I, I intended to invent it. They came along. I got behind them. Even if you avoid the flu, stay hydrated. It sounds simple, but it's not just about drinking water. It's about getting fluids, getting the right kind of fluids, particularly if you're working out regularly, running, that sort of thing beauty of hydrolyte is whether you're sick or not you can absolutely benefit from the proper balance of sodium glucose and water and of course hydrolyte does this better than any sports drink and water alone that's a different issue hydrolyte comes in great flavors like orange berry and lemonade available in a pre-mixed drink a powder or what i like the effervescent tablet that you can simply drop in a glass or a bottle of water compared to sports drinks hydrolyte delivers you up to four times the electrolytes with 75 percent less sugar that's right. Hydrolite solutions are appropriate for all ages, and each bottle or package includes easy-to-follow dosing instructions. You can find Hydrolite at Rite Aid or at hydrolite.com slash drdrew, that's Dr. Drew. For a limited time, any listeners can save 30% on Hydrolite. Just click the banner on my website, drdrew.com. Use the code drdrew18, that is D-R-D-R-E-W-18, at checkout. out hydrolite.com slash drdrew, and use the code drdrew18.
1: <laughs> same episode with Michael Lohan.
3: Hey, Michael. Oh, my gosh. I'm getting PTSD. I, I feel know. Like I'm All room. right. So let me, let me do some
0: intros. Of course, we're talking to Michael Lohan. My, uh, Bob and I worked with him uh, a few years ago now, and he's it's been, been a a while. active in the industry since. Uh, he, I, I, Where should I start, Michael? What do you want to promote?
3: Uh, it's not about promoting anything. I'm just here to talk about where the industry is and you know, what we're doing it's to in create the awareness and It's educate in the toilet. To
0: he, listen, <laughs> M- Michael. Michael has a thing look much like you, Bob. Michael has a thing called Recover or Die. Recover yeah, I saw or that. Die. thing. com. I think it's a great I saw idea. That. Yeah,
3: very subtle, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's it's a bear, it's a harsh reality, isn't it? But yeah. I met
1: I met some people that knew you at this conference in San Francisco a couple months ago, and um, they're in the sober coaching thing, right? And sober. Sober Coaching, right? Could you explain explain to us, because Drew and I are confused, it just sounds like a sponsor in AA to us, but what is Sober Coaching? Because I know you know a lot about it.
3: Well, basically, you're right. It's like a sponsor in AA, but they're with you all the time. I had a client, of course, I can't say his name, but he was a very high-end individual that was actually dating my daughter, and he needed a sober coach, and I got him a sober coach. That person actually lived with him day in and day out for, I'd say, about five months.
0: Here's where I get a But little,
1: we can't do that for 17 million people.
3: That's
0: right. There's that. And, no. and it, where it gets me a little dicey is that I've seen sober coaches use with the patient. I've seen that happen. You gotta have a really good sober. That's coaching. rock and roll, sober coaches. <laughs> <laughs> a lot, though. They're a lot. Yeah.
1: But but no. But it's an organization. There's like these nonprofit organizations that are doing it too. The the gal that I met from Texas, and seems to me, and we met people in New Jersey that go to the emergency room when an addict ODs and kind of mentor them or kind of I don't know I don't I don't understand because it's part of President Trump's initiative. He believes well, because Governor Christie believes in this sober coaching model, and I just don't know how it plays out in a Medicaid way.
3: You know, well, what I, I mean? think I think when they're there in the emergency room and there's people there to give them direction and help them, because most people, as you well know, they go to an emergency room when they overdose. They get them. They give them Narcan or whatever, and then they release them, and they're out on the street using yes, him again. Yes. So there is, a, there is a gentleman in New Jersey, Michael. A very wealthy, Michael, a wealthy, right. Yeah. I'm sorry. Michael, his name is. is, mm. that, is that no, name? his name is um his name is um uh, Rick Stavola. Okay. Um, his foundation is called the Tigger Foundation. Is that the His one son we met? died of that. an overdose. Three years ago when he was 25 years old and he started the Tigger Foundation. And what he did is he opened up the sober house, but he also put people in all the emergency rooms. And I spoke to him last. I've had a couple of meetings with him, but I've spoken to him last week. And he said, Michael, uh, Governor Murphy has come in and he has subsidized my program. He has actually put people. He's paying for these people to be in there now. But listen, do you really think the answer? That's the answer. No. I mean, expanding treatment uh, treatment centers, which obviously ha- hasn't been working, or TV commercials, or now this thing that the Surgeon General said, I mean... It- mr. Adams said that we should give everyone narcan and o- overdose kits yeah. is that the answer is the answer getting people after they overdose getting clean or is it in educating them and getting them help before this happens
0: well for sure you know prevention is a big deal but but I I Bob tilted at something before before you started speaking which was you know who how can you possibly you can't possibly pay enough professionals to take care of all the sick addicts out there so why not mutual aid society? Well, that's what I'm, why. Why not twelve step? Well, I'm, I'm really I'm, I'm
1: trying to get to the root of why this sober coaching thing is AA and NA not working? Is NA and AA not doing their job? I believe that's possible. It,
0: it, it's well, I would argue that we need well, we need more of a warm handoff. And so we need people from people bringing people to twelve step. There's all this literature that shows. If you have somebody that comes to the patient and goes, hey, man, I represent this group. I'm here. Let me take you to a meeting. It's a vastly different experience than you giving them a pamphlet and saying, go to AA. Very different. So the warm handoff has an entirely different impact. And then once there, remember, the coach is trying to create motivation. In AA, it's strictly a program of of attraction. So we're relying on the patient to start to do their thing, which we know Uh that that can be a bit dicey.
1: So do you understand where I'm – I'm trying to figure out how this sober coaching thing works in the Trump rollout against the Bob, opioid Bob, ed- Bob, epidemic. It, Bob,
0: it was not mentioned, not once. I, I was there through the whole rollout, not one mention of that. and I was actually bothered by it. It's not in the plan.
1: Well, and neither is absence-based
3: treatment. So what is in the plan? Well, What is in the plan? I just said what's in the plan. He wants to, he wants to increase serv- treatment services. He wants to do TV commercials. No, but
1: what treatment services? Because that's not what I heard on the call. The treatment services weren't abstinence based, they were MAT services they want to enhance.
0: Unfortunately,
1: that's Medically true. assisted treatment. Suboxone. Medication. Yeah, assisted treatment.
3: Suboxone. Yeah. But we know what happened with the methadone program. I mean, I, I had a conversation with Dr. Drew about, um, about NAD. And NAD started in 1961. That would have been the protocol that everyone was using, but methadone came about, and that was a government subsidized program, and that fell apart. NAD took a back seat to that. I think that's the direction we're going in. I just got back from Congress and speaking with even the VA, and they, I showed them all the evidence, and they, they see that this works. It's just that insurance companies don't cover it, and that's a problem. So we're Same. trying to find a way that the government or insurance companies will cover it, so we can try new modalities that do work from a medical side. Not not look at suboxin is it's narcotic and it's yeah. addictive.
0: Yeah, period. Period. Naltrexone,
3: yeah. naltrexone which is Vivitrol, yeah. is non-narcotic. Yep, non-addictive.
0: And I'm a, fan of, I'm a fan. Why don't we have implantable naltrexone? N- n- you know, implantable devices that release it, naltrexone over years. Fine.
3: Doc, my wife had one. Yeah. My wife had one. I had a, It cost $120 for a three-month implant, and it cost 500 for the surgery in the office. It was nothing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it makes all the sense well, in the world, but why is it that a Suboxone implant is approved by the FDA, but a Naltrexone implant is not it's, approved it's by to, the it's FDA? It's totally insane. It's all red tape.
0: It's insane. Also, Michael, I want you to look carefully at the relationship between the National Student Drug Abuse and the company that makes Suboxone. It's uncomfortably cozy. I would imagine. They have uh, been invested in their stuff. They have expanded their uh, patent privileges and done things. And you know, there are four other medications that are exactly like Suboxone, whose name you've never heard. And they're the same medicine and they're a lot cheaper. Same medicine. Yeah. Four other medicines. But because it was pushed through NIDA, you don't even know who they are. It's really kind of crazy.
3: Well, I here's, here's, here's I, what I think. I think they're doing the same thing with Narcan, and you know that they, now they're coming out pushing Narcan. The government is actually promoting Narcan. I, I, I can guarantee you, there's a relationship between Narcan and you know that I don't want to say the name of the pharmaceutical company and the government to right. some Narcan's
1: extent. Narcan's in my so, pocket.
3: So here, you.
1: so here's what's going to happen. You, you guys want to know?
3: Yeah. wanna Same yeah.
1: thing that happened before is yeah. going to happen again. Yeah. Elite people, wealthy people will go to abstinence based treatment. It will be all cash. And the working class will be given Suboxone, Mm -hmm. which is much like the methadone program that rolled out very heavily in the 1970s. So, Mm -hmm. so once again, the working class and, and low middle class will not have access to thriving. Mm Like doctors will. Like doctors could, insist that doctors do. Because doctors we, can't have Suboxone. Correct.
0: There's no there's literally the literature says there's not enough evidence to suggest that it's appropriate to prescribe to medical professionals. There's no <laughs> good evidence. Did like, you hear that, one, Michael no, Reed? No kidding. Say it again. Uh, Say it I, again. I, I, I've got it on a, a slide I produced for a talk I'm giving. <laughs> And it was so striking to me. I told
3: I, you, I feel like I'm in session with you guys. Again on the show. And, and it's the you same know, thing.
0: The same thing as saying, we have not enough evidence that we give this narcotic to an airline pilot. It's like, of, of course you can't. Of course you can't. Oh, so, my God. So
1: doesn't that make you sad, kind of? Yes, that's all this does me sad.
0: This whole hour is making me sad. <laughs> <laughs> this whole thing is making me sad. And
3: I'm looking at you guys and I'm thinking and I'm saying to myself, here I am out there in the public – and I'm crying from the hilltop saying that 30 days of treatment so doesn't are, work. So are it doesn't we. Work. It
0: we are doing work. it too. We're saying the same thing.
3: But but no, I'm sitting here now and I'm thinking about I was on a TV show. A t- it was all real, but I was on a TV show. And what I learned in those 30 days on the TV show helped me immensely yeah. to stay clean when I left. Well, so if I could do it, I mean, why can't anyone else? It's, I really think it all boils down to your will to do that.
0: Your will, and, and it's also humbly, and I really mean this humbly, the, the connection you make with other people, and, and Bob and I kind of know how to do that, to make that connection, so you have the motivation, and you start trusting other people again, and you start believing in yourself, and we, we sort of know how to do that, and we unfortunately, because we're not training medical professionals in abstinence-based treatment, there aren't a lot of people who know how to do that anymore. Would you agree, Bob? But there's some, yeah. There's some, but you have to yeah. find them.
1: Well, I mean, Michael's very aware. Once the the huge profits came in uh, in the late 2000s, um, mm-hmm. it, the quality of care went down. That's the thing that you always mention. The more you pay, or in, in this instance, the more money they make, the lower the quality of care. I don't, I don't know how that happened.
0: It's like education.
1: Right? Particularly in
3: Florida, it did. Right. Yeah, my treatment center down here, when I had my treatment center, I mean we tried to maintain a quality of a, a, a good quality of care and even give more services. But for the most part, I, I don't own that treatment center anymore. But uh for the most part, you're hundred percent right. As they made more money, they didn't put it back into the business to expand right. services. That's right. What they did was put it in their pockets. That's right. And it, it's it's you a shame. Can, he, it he has really to be is. a
0: calling. It can't be a business. And then, Michael, you've you've gotten big on trauma therapies. I know, which Bob and I are big on. The the, the th- one thing we always point out though is when to do the trauma therapies. I, I, we want people to get first work on their addiction and their sobriety, then do the trauma therapies. That's sort of our. That's
3: a very therapy. good point. Yeah. A really good point. Yeah. I mean, that's always a question that's raised though too, because as you probably know, EMDR is pretty deep trauma therapy. That's great, we love you here. And- and it can really bring out, it really identify the original triggers or some of the triggers. Did you do it?
0: Did you do MDR yourself?
3: Yeah, I did. did yes. What, what kind? Yep. Do you
0: mind me asking what kind of stuff you were working on? Because I remember the traumas you would tell us, and you'd be disconnected from them. We were like, "Holy crap, Mike! Those were terrible."
3: Uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of things came out that came out had to do with my dad. A lot. Well, you
0: you guys were uh, trying to kill each
3: other. Yeah,
0: I, yeah. It was, I, was, and you, I would go like, Mike, that's so traumatic. You're like, no, no, that's just Long Island. That's just Long Island. <laughs> it's just, it's like, <laughs> I,
3: I saw it as normal. You know? that is, well, that I, is
0: Long Island. <laughs> I know, yeah. It may, be, it may be routine Long Island. It is definitely not normal.
3: <laughs> no, no. And, you know, I realize that now. And I see a lot of that in people I deal with. But, you know, I just, like I said, things that we're talking about, Being in the treatment industry, I was able to cater to 20, 30, 40 people at a time, but doing what we're doing now with a movement like recover or die, we can reach the masses now and what better way, let's face it, most of this all starts with our adolescence and our youth. It's getting younger and younger. Yeah. Why should we try to nip it in the bud at that age, instead of waiting for someone to be in their late twenties, thirties, or forties when they already have a job, they have a family, they have children, yeah. they have so much responsibility, and there's so much collateral damage. Well, age, so I think yeah, age eight,
0: age eight and age fourteen are, are critical windows, particularly in the males, age fourteen, fifteen. So if you can get right. at them then, uh, you know, th- then you can start to change the tra- trajectory of their launch. You know, that's the idea. And, right. Uh, and I
3: think what you're doing about, well, I know how much you love music. I think we all know how much you love music, but I think that's a great segue to get people into treatment by, you know, bring them in. Especially Kids love rap and hip hop and all that stuff. And that's why we started what we're doing. And I'm sure, I don't know what kind of success you've had with yours, but I know you run a treatment center now. It's probably mm-hmm. a darn good one. Um, based on what I, my experience with you, but, um, and I know Aaron and he's a great guy, but, um, you know, I just, I just want to appeal. I want people to understand that there's other things out there. Like Dr. Drew just said, there's other medications besides Suboxone that are cheaper, and they do the same thing. There is NAD. Vivitrol is great, but you have to know when to use it and how to use yeah, it. Yeah. Neurotherapy is another big program that people really should be looking at and pursuing because it rewires your brain. There's so much damage done about, to the brain.
0: Are you talking about neurobiofeedback.
3: Yes, yeah. and TMS yeah. especially, yeah. transcranial magnetic stimulation yeah. uh, is. Uh, we've had great, great results yeah. with that. Yeah. All, well, you got also with that though, oh,
1: because I've worked with that. You gotta like it can't be with people that are two weeks sober. It has to be like in the second, no. third month. Yeah, they're putting these 100%. these things on their heads no, no. because only insurance only wants to monitor inpatient setting, oh, right? right? So they're putting no, it on. No. Put them on a two-week sober, like the people
3: aren't even detoxed yet.
0: No,
3: no. And insurance doesn't want to really pay that, reimburse that much for it. But the reason I think it's so important is if you do at the beginning of a session, you do a brain map, a brain paint, and you can actually show their progress and how they're healing. Yes. So right now, what do we have, Bob? We have alumni, alumni, but divisions in, in treatment centers and they yeah. call up people five months out and say hey are you still clean and meanwhile mm-hmm. they're snorting a line and drinking they're smoking a joint and they're like yeah i'm still doing great right, you don't right. know you can't monitor them That's but right. when you have this physical and you have this this chart in front of you where you can show that the brain is healing you know they are getting better
0: yeah mike i'm inspired by you man i'm so glad you're doing well Well, you guys,
3: listen, you guys were a big, big part of it, and you just said a support system is so important. Most people that go to treatment, if they try to call their therapist or call the owner or call someone and say, I need to talk to someone, they're unavailable. Bob, Dr. Drew, I mean, whenever I tried to call you, you pick up the phone, you text me, you respond. I want to say to everyone out there in the industry, it's so important for you to show the people that were your clients the support they need and show you're available and you care to them because they, do, they lose hope when people don't pick up the no, phone listen, and show it's, that it's they a, care.
0: It's an interpersonal disease that has an interpersonal solution. I really believe that. Well, right. Mike, thank you so much, buddy. Uh, is there a website you want to send people to or anything?
3: Um. Just recover or die.
0: Um, <laughs> <not>. <laughs> Recoverdie.com. We'll look it's
1: for it. It's really that simple. There are two roads, and one leads to death, uh, and one leads to recovery. Yeah, recover. Or die. I love uh, that, I like that Michael. I come to Temecula, and I'm
3: going <laughs> to set up right in front of your place, and I'm going to blast <laughs> one way or the other. That's all right, funny.
0: all right, buddy. Take care of yourself. Great to see you. Stay in touch.
3: God bless I love you guys. Right, Take Michael. care, all Michael.
0: All right, buddy, yeah. and. uh Cheers. Uh, and a reminder, if uh, you like the show, tell a friend. We appreciate you all. Uh, we appreciate your feedback. Go to doctor.com slash survey. Answer a few questions. It can help us continue to make the show better and better. Maybe just five minutes of your time. Again, doctor.com slash survey. Uh, and uh, please also go and click through at the same website, doctor.com, the HydroLite Banner. You get 30% off your purchase with the code DRDW18, Dr Drew 18 It used to be Drew18. Now it's Doctor Drew 18 uh, we love this product, and Hydrolite, obviously, something that I wanted to have invented, and I they got there first, so good on them. Uh, we have also special prices on bergamot, the com. We will give you a discount with that as well. Uh, and stay healthy in 2018. Remember, al- non-alcoholic fatty liver disease is becoming the number one source of uh, cirrhosis, and bergamot has some excellent uh, pr- uh, results on non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. Also, check out uh, KBC, KBC 790. Uh, we're there Monday through Friday, noon to 3 Pacific time with Lauren Savan. Uh, you can tune in every day. You can also see the podcast uh, on doctor.com at kbc.com. You can listen there if you're not in Los Angeles or San Francisco area. We're on KGO up there, too. And finally, a new health and fitness podcast called Swole Patrol with Mike Catherwood. Please do subscribe and tell a friend about that one. That one I think you'll like if you haven't seen it. Um, you can rate us five stars. It's hashtag you live. All right. There's. Find us on Twitter at Dr. Drew at First Lay of Love. Do you at ever Rehab sleep? Do you ever sleep? I I'd, I'd like my work. <laughs> uh, at this Life podcast, join the email list at Doctor.com. Hopefully, oh, are uh, the opium series? You need to read the opium series if we were. Yeah, you sent it to me. No, no, it's on like fourteen parts. We haven't even oh. go. It's many, many, many you chapters. You sent
1: me the outline.
0: I think I showed you a timeline of how The four went pages. And, oh no, and no, we, I looked we have, some of it up. We already have like. Probably 60 pages there of, of material. That, well, you have uh, nine episodes. I think. Nine episodes probably eats about three pages, about 30 pages of stuff. And it's, we take it all the way back to prehistory and bring it forward. We're just now getting into the sort of the 80s, 90s and how things unraveled. Uh, but we, we brought it all the way from the Civil War It's forward. all on the website. It's on the website at doctor.com. Yeah. What are you doing? Just raising kids, living yeah.
1: life, working two days a week.
0: <laughs> this life. <laughs> that's all I, no,
1: seriously, flat. I could be a millionaire and I'd never see my kids. Or I could right. I could be a thousandaire and be with my kids all the time. That's what I do.
0: That's right. That's and, that, good. and that's, I think, uh, a common...
1: Thousandaire is good, isn't it? Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes,
1: of course. I'll that's take good. it.
0: Yeah. Uh, we'll see you next
2: time. Remember, you can find all these podcasts at drdrew.com the Dr. Drew podcast, the This Live podcast, and the Adam and Drew podcast, which is available five days a week. Find them all on iTunes and rate us five stars. Subscribe and get it first. And if you're really happy, click on the Amazon banner at drdrew.com to help support the show. We'll thank you for it. If you join the email list via drdrew.com slash contact, we'll send you a weekly infusion newsletter with Dr Drew's News. We're so grateful when you get in touch, we read all your emails and we'll bring you the subject matter you want to hear about.
1: You live.